Bobby Hall is sitting in a booth at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant in Toronto. He doesn't notice that he's sitting beneath a Chicago Blackhawks sweater, number nine. Frederick McLaughlin, the founding owner of Chicago's NHL franchise, had been a commander in the Blackhawk division in the 86th Infantry in World War I. The division took its name from Chief Blackhawk, a ferocious leader in the Sauk tribe in the Midwest. In McLaughlin's original paperwork with the league filled out in the 1920s, the franchise was referred to as the Blackhawks. Over ensuing decades, however, the team took the name Blackhawks, the presumption being that the team was in fact named after the chief. That was the case over the course of Bobby Hull's playing career in Chicago. In 1986, the original franchise document surfaced, and Bill Wirtz decided to change the team name to reflect McLaughlin's original intention. All uses of the team name in this book will reflect the accepted usage at the time of the reference. For example, Bobby Hall played for the Black Hawks in 1971. He had to wait 39 years to watch Jonathan Toes lead the Black Hawks to the 2010 Stanley Cup. Memorabilia collectors would designate it game-used. It hangs from the ceiling and is preserved between two sheets of hard plastic, like a prehistoric fly in amber. And even if you knew it was somewhere in the restaurant, you'd have trouble finding it among all the sweaters and sticks and pucks and photos that hang on the walls or are displayed behind glass in showcases. Hull doesn't see the sweater. More troublesome to him, he doesn't see fans lining up to buy The Golden Jet, an authorized coffee table book that captures his playing days in Chicago. He has a sharpie in hand, but no purchases to sign. He's pissed off that the publicist assigned to promote this signing has somehow made it a well-kept secret, one known only to Hull, four guys familiar to him from signings at memorabilia shows, and me, the guy sitting across the table from him. Between us are two glasses of draft, both his, a plateful of sliders, all his, and a data recorder, mine. Hull's 71 years old and, frankly, looks it. Aging isn't a crime, but for Hull, it's unimaginable. Those photos in the book show him in his twenties and early thirties, when he was a Canadian Adonis, something close to physical perfection. Yeah, his blonde locks were thinning, but his eyes were bluer than Paul Newman's. Broken nose, broken jaw, cuts, Nothing marred his Hollywood-quality looks. The man sitting across from me is only somewhat recognizable from those images. Now he wears a rug that clashes with his temples. His face has thickened. He trembles. When he reaches across the table for a plate, his left hand steadies the right at the wrist. After a bout with pneumonia, his heart went out of rhythm a couple of winters ago. Even before that, though, Years and a hard game and a harder life than he could have imagined have caught up to him. Hall is in Toronto for a limited book tour, nothing beyond driving distance of the city. He'll show up on a couple of television shows, go to studios for radio interviews, and make appearances in bookstores to sign copies of this glossy nostalgia tour in hardcover. It's the perfect Christmas gift for the fan of a certain generation—
someone who either remembers his 71st birthday or is close enough to plan for it.